Welcome to the Relentless Growth Podcast with Chris Goodman, where business owners and personal growth junkies just like you get their fix of tough questions and powerful coaching conversations so you can become your best, find your purpose, discover new levels of freedom, and lead others in their pursuit of relentless growth. Let's get started. Good evening, my fellow Americans. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that, but I'm sitting here recording this episode as the ballots are coming in and getting counted for the United States presidential election in 2020. So it's a really big deal in our country. And if you're listening from another country, I want you to know that we have not lost our minds all as well. It's just a really tight race this year. And there are many Americans experiencing a lot of stress because their candidate is so close to the finish line, but there's no clear winner just yet, which prompted me to record this episode about stress because I realized I take it for granted how many tools I have learned through coaching to manage that stress or at least mitigate stress when it pops up. So I want to share these with you. This will be the last episode for a little bit of me just talking directly to you. We're going to get back to interviews in the next episode. So I'm going to keep this pretty brief and actionable. And as always, I'm going to borrow from my mentors and coaches and give you a couple of tips or at least quotes that I really think you can apply to any stressful situation in your life and definitely in your business. So here we go. The first one, there's going to be three or four total. The first one is something I learned when I first got into coaching with the Tony Robbins organization. Now, if you hear me talk about Tony Robbins, I need you to understand a couple things. Number one, it's because the man and his work has tremendously impacted my life because I went through some of their coaching. And number two, he is kind of the grandfather of the coaching industry. So we, meaning coaches, are borrowing from his work, his research, and his impact every day in what we do in some way, shape, or form. He's consolidated decades of positive psychology research, clinical psychology, behavioral psychology, all kinds of different science in both the health and psychological fields. He's consolidated a lot of that data and made it into bite-sized information, not just for coaches, but people who are interested in being their best. So if you hear me talking about him a lot, that is why. And the first lesson today comes from my experiences learning from his organization when I was stressed. And this just really blew my mind. I have not found a way to take away anything from this little concept or to improve it because it's so spot on. So if you're taking notes, this is where you would start grabbing your pen and getting ready to write down things. <laughs> and if you're not taking notes, I just recommend that you at least pause at some point during the podcast and put these into some kind of text message or note in your phone, because these things are going to happen the next time you get stressed. So the first thing is, Tony calls this the trifecta. I've heard him call it different things, but there's three main components that make up our state how we're feeling, how we're being in a given moment. Number one, if you're taking notes, you could draw a triangle and put this at the top of the triangle, the most important. Number one, our physiology. Right now, we're starting to get into colder weather in my neck of the woods here, and the air is getting really dry, and my throat is getting dry. I talk a lot. I talk for a living. <laughs> Several days a week, I'm talking hours on end. And I'm really starting to feel it and it's running down my physiology. So I have to do other things to keep that physiology up and running. 
So I'll get into that a little more in a second, but I want you to go on and finish out this triangle, the trifecta here. At the top, you've got physiology. You're also experiencing your focus. That's the next one at a given time. And the last one, the last corner of the triangle would be your language. What's running around internally in your language, in your mind, and externally that you're hearing or saying to people. All right, so how does it help us to understand that we're always experiencing our physiology, focus, and language? This has been huge for me, guys, because I can always go through these in this order when I start to feel stressed. For instance, when I start to feel stressed, my breathing changes. I start taking shorter breaths. I'm not breathing deeply. I'm hurrying. My words get tight. That's language, obviously, but it's an effect of my breathing. So if I want to break that pattern, if I want to do something different there, I can witness how my breathing has shifted, slow down, take deeper breaths. And I know a lot of people are thinking, are you trying to tell me that I'm going to get rid of my stress just by breathing differently? Yes. I know that sounds strange to a lot of you. At least give it a shot. And if that's not invigorating enough, you can get some exercise. You can get outside. It's really important for me when my state gets kind of shitty that I get outside and move my body in some sunshine, even if it's just a quick walk or 10 minutes playing with the dog outside. Changing my physiology can overhaul the amount of stress I experience. If that doesn't work, I can go to number two, focus. Because sometimes I'm in a great physical state or I feel really healthy or I feel really good, but my focus is on something negative, for instance, something I don't have. Something I encounter in my work all the time is someone hires somebody and they think they have the perfect fit. And after a couple months, the train comes off the rails (laughs) and they realize, oh, this is going to crash and burn. And they either fire them or that person quits and they experience a lot of stress. And all they can think about is how they don't have somebody in that seat and they don't know where they're going to find the next person, and they don't have enough hands on board to get the work done. All these things focusing, if you're catching my drift here, the key word is focus. They're focusing on what they don't have, and it naturally causes stress, sends all of our attention right there to what we don't have. So think about it like this, that your mind works a little bit like a lighthouse, that there's only so much that it can fit into that big beam of light. And so all day long, we're looking around. You can't see me, but I've got my hands up like blinders, like a lighthouse. (laughs) We're looking around through these blinders with this massive spotlight of focus. And we're not aware that we're really focusing on what we're thinking about. That's because there's a thing in our brain. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast called our reticular activating system. This controls our focus because imagine if we were hardwired to absorb all the data around us all the time you would be thinking right now about what I'm saying to you, how it applies to you, what you need to do for dinner tonight or tomorrow night. If you're driving, you'd be thinking about all the trees you're passing. You'd be thinking about how the seat feels and if the seatbelt is pulling on you. If you're walking around, you'd be thinking about how your shoes feel or the fact that you don't have shoes on. I mean, imagine how much data we would absorb if we didn't have this reticular activating system in our brain to limit the amount of data that comes in. That's a good thing. There's a cost. We can only focus on so much at one time. And I know I've said this before. Many coaches have used this quote that what we focus on expands. So this is why focus is so important, you guys. If your physiology and your focus are all centered in a bad state, imagine how you're going to feel. Next, the last part, the third part is language. Let's say 
I feel like I have control of my physiology. I feel healthy. I feel good. And I feel like I'm focusing on the right things, like what I'm going to do. But I'm using language like this. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fire everybody in my organization. I'm just going to do it all on my own because I can't trust anybody. And that's just how it is. That's how the world is. It is what it is. (laughs) Your physiology might be okay. Your focus might be okay. But the language there suggests a lot of things needing help in your mindset, right? And don't get me wrong. We're all human. We all experience language like that internally and externally. The difference is, and you've heard me talk about neuro-linguistic programming, the difference is looking at the linguistics, the language, as a symptom of what's really happening with our thoughts and or our physiology. So once you gain some awareness about your language, it's really hard to turn off because you hear it in other people. You witness people who are negative all the time, for instance. We all have a negative Nancy somewhere in our life, and we know that every time they talk, it's something like, well, you know, they don't do this, or that was the worst one of these. And the language is just painted with negativity. What I'm asking you to do is monitor your own language, even for a couple of days, and just see how much it's helping you and serving you, or how much it's costing you and hurting you. Because... Most of my clients are overachievers and they don't realize how hard they're whipping themselves with their language in their mind, that they should be doing better, that they should have figured this out by now, that they're better than this, that that competitor can't have it all figured out if they don't have it figured out, right? These negative things running around in there. Okay. So very simply, physiology, focus, and language. That's something I usually run through a couple times a day to catch myself. I joke that I want to catch my ego with its hand in the cookie jar, right? I want to figure these things out right in the moment when it's happening. So I'm checking my physiology, my focus, and my language very frequently. All right. So if that doesn't stick for you, another way you can deal with stress, I even catch myself doing this today. I'm thinking about, is my candidate going to win? And I'm feeling anxious about the results. And I'm checking the news at this point almost compulsively (laughs) to see if there's new results pouring in. And I have to catch myself again. This has been working really well with clients. Once they gain some awareness about the first three, about their physiology, their focus and their language, here's what I have them do. They have a thought like, oh, if that other candidate wins, I'm just going to be pissed. Immediately stop and say, that's one thought. What's another? The whole trick to this is to catch yourself in the moment. Go, okay, that's one thought. What's another? And obviously the goal would be to choose a second thought that's far more empowering, helpful, motivating. In that moment, you can decide, but that's the point is you are literally interrupting your usual reactive self and going, you know what? That's just one thought. What I'd rather think is this. This will help me move me along. This will help make me feel better. This will help humanity, whatever. So see if you can use that to your advantage at some point this week when somebody's talking to you and they set you off or you open up your email and you get a bad email or you get a bill you weren't expecting and that first thought races through your mind. See if you can pause and go, all right, that's one thought. What's another here? The next tip comes directly from my coach who you heard on the previous episode. His name is Dr. Keith Wagoner and he literally works with Navy SEALs. Some of the best athletes in the entire world, some of the wealthiest investors and entrepreneurs in the world, Keith's kind of a badass. So I trust him when he teaches me something that the Navy SEALs use. Because if there's anybody on earth who experiences stress, I think we can all agree it's Navy SEALs. 
So how do they handle this? How do they cope? I could probably have Keith do a whole episode on this and I might do that. But the simple one I reach for, he taught me this question, what is the real threat here? What is the real mission here? Because when I focus on, like if somebody's antagonistic to me, right, really trying to push my buttons. And there's a couple of people in my life who really know how to hit my buttons. Even though I've got a thick skin and I coach and ask questions and think about my own thoughts for a living, some people really know how to climb in there and make a mess. (laughs) So I'll pause and I'll go, okay, what's the real threat here? Is it this person and their words or they're teasing me about something I happen to be sensitive about? Is that really the threat that I want to focus on right now? Is that really what I want to give my energy away to? And go straight into what's the real mission here? So if you're a little more bottom liner, that might be the fast way for you to get there. Like when you get triggered and you start feeling that stress creep in. What's the real threat? If your bank account is at $50, what's the real threat? not going to be able to feed your family, not going to be able to keep the lights on. I get that. But is the real threat you thinking those things or are you not taking action? Because all the time you spend in stress robs you of productivity time or happiness time. All right, I'll climb down off my high horse for a second. <laughs> no, and I mean, we all get stressed. Don't get me wrong. Guys, I know hundreds of coaches And they're some of the most stress-riddled people sometimes because we are so aware of our thoughts and we're so aware of the possibilities and the options out there that we think too much. And that thinking turns into ruminating and that ruminating quickly devolves into stress. And some of you are probably nodding going, oh my God, I do that. No, I do that too. So use these tools, use these tips, these questions to interrupt that stress and get to somewhere better. And at the end of the day, if none of those stick for you, one of my favorite ones comes, I think I found this from Tim Ferriss, who runs one of the top ranked podcasts and is one of my favorite authors. And I just kind of gobble up everything he puts out in the world because he's phenomenal. He's a great and intelligent man. One of his best questions I've ever heard him say was, if this were simple, fun, and easy, what would I do? If this were simple, fun, and easy, what would I do? Now, not everything is going to be simple, fun, and easy. I'm highly aware of that. So let's say you're going through a breakup. Chances are the first thought that comes to mind is not going to be, if this were simple, fun, and easy, what would I do? Right? You're probably consumed with some stress in the moment. But just consider the answer for a moment. If this were simple, fun, and easy, what would I do? How would that change how you approach that situation? You could even make it, if this were simple, fun, and easy for the other person, what would I do? Now, obviously, that's an extreme example, but I do want you to consider how many times a week you could use that question. A lot of my clients are very wealthy people or have huge financial goals, and they get to a certain ceiling where they go, I don't know if I can do this. It's a perfect layup for the question, if this were simple, fun, and easy, what would you do? All right, everyone, regardless of where you stand on the election or candidates or how much stress is in your life, I do wish the best for you. And I implore you to use these tips, techniques, tools, whatever you want to call them to your advantage when you do start to feel that stress creep in. And let me know how it goes. I'm loving the feedback so far, guys. And thank you for the applications for coaching. My roster is full for 2020, but I'm taking the first 2021 clients on right now. So if you guys are interested in that, obviously just fill out a quick application. We'll get on the phone and see if it's a fit and get you started for your New Year's goals, your new 2021 self. All right, everyone, I'll catch you on episode 21. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Relentless Growth. If you're ready to start leading your life and business with a new level of passion, purpose, and relentless growth, go to goodmancoachinginc.com where you can join the email list and sign up for a coaching consultation right now.